Welcome back, family. Landscurve here of landscurve.com. Whenever you don't see any content currently put up on any of the social media uh, platforms, just always go to landscurve.com. We'll have it there somewhere because we upload, we go live every single day. So that being said, I wanted to talk about the disease of grandiosity, the out of control social media pandemic. And I said on this banner, let's rejoice that we didn't have social media in Hitler's time. Not trying to glorify him, but imagine, imagine we had social media back then, right? He had a following and I don't know the exact details of everything that he has done, but from what I'm hearing, he was always charismatic in the beginning, did good things I heard until he started to take a turn and a twist to do the things that he did that were unfortunate to the people who he did them to. And we all have our own situations back in slavery, um, different cultures, different countries. In those countries, in those times, at different times, we had people who rose to prominence and led people the wrong way. And I just think that this sense of grandiosity helped to make it that way. So, so what really, you know, we all know people who feel good about themselves, feel high about themselves, feel better than the, that they're better than others. And yes, you, you're supposed to have a great sense of self-esteem. You're supposed to not only believe in yourself, you're supposed to know in yourself. But me, I'm a student of human nature. I've, I've, I've had lessons <laughs> that I've learned the hard way over the years with people who from a distance would try to throw a stone or people in your extreme inner circle who despised you and did everything that they could because they felt that they're better, even though they didn't have the skills to keep up. Look, I know I have lots of talent, but it doesn't get to my head. I do what it is that I have to do as a servant of the people. Yes, I have to believe in myself and knowing myself, but it never overtakes my sense of who I am. I am great, but I am also minuscule. I'm here to be acknowledged, but I'm here to serve that acknowledgement. You know, if the fireman, a police officer walks up to you and rings your doorbell and they don't have the uniform on, you won't know who they are. They have to identify themselves. They've been trained in this. They, they, they've, they've toiled in this craft for years. So they walk with a certain confidence. You can't mistake that for grandiosity. But there's so many people out here who suffer from that. So I'm going to click on a few explanations on the Internet. I'm going to go into my own experiences with this thing. But it's, it's a thing where it's almost chameleon like, you know, because these people who suffer from this disease of grandiosity, they know when to turn it on. They know when to pull back. But within they're feeling it. They don't like to be criticized. They think they're better than other people. And their skills and abilities, which may be great in certain areas because the grandiosity has pushed them there. It doesn't mean that if you're a person who is an excellent Mason, it doesn't mean that you have the intelligence to walk in right away and, and, and perform heart surgery because you're confident from another area. Every time I reach a new area of expertise that I'm studying to be a student of the game, I humble myself. I absorb everything. I want to know the fundamentals. I don't walk in secretly acting humble, but deep down, I got this. This is no problem. You're below me. I don't even need the training. I can just walk on in because of my greatness and excel because you're not as good as I, right? So let me go click on these. Let's get an idea. Okay, let's get an idea. Here we go. Um, 
And these are little short snippets that you pull up when you do the Google search. I just want to bring into some context so people don't misunderstand me. Um, what is grandiose behavior? In psychology, grandiosity is a sense of superiority, uniqueness, or invulnerability. It may be expressed by exaggerated beliefs regarding one's beliefs and abilities. The belief that few other people have anything in common with oneself and that one can only be understood by a few very special people. <laughs> How do you deal with a grandiose person? Set boundaries. Let them know what you will and won't accept, such as inappropriate or aggressive behavior. Be firm, but also allow them to save face. Don't take their criticism personally. Grandiose narcissists often use criticism as a tool for control, so don't take it to heart. Ah, trust me, I've been attacked that way. Okay, let me see here. How do you overcome grandiosity? Being less grandiose, take the risk of seeing how others see you, particularly if they are honest and unbiased. Group settings or a relationship with a trusted professional may be great for getting an accurate view of yourself. Huh, imagine that. You're walking around pumped up thinking, you know, that you're the sugar honey iced tea. Look at Adolf Hitler, right? He definitely had to have this thing going on with him. But what's scary is that there's so many people who live through your inflated sense of grandiosity that they truly believe that you're a god. Not god, but a god. And they get duped into transferring the energy that they should put into that one who created him or her and they put it on this mere man or woman and worship them. They've, they've actually intercepted, right? And short-circuited your ability to see the overall and put this person in perspective and now they've duped you into following them, right? But there's usually nothing behind it after a while. Even sometimes in the darkest hours, they don't believe what it is that they put out there. And they love grandiose situations. They love to get up and speak to the people and have no plan behind it. And then when you ask them what's next, they get angry. <laughs> it just, there's nothing behind it. They do little things and talk in vague terms, grand, vague terms. And the people eat it up because these people are looking for the savior because many people don't really know the seeds of greatness that they have inside of themselves. So they want to be relieved. It's, it's almost a difference between, let's say, a person who's self-employed. And you know when you're self-employed, it's you who have to do everything. You have to pay your taxes. You better go up there and, and earn the money, right? You have to budget, divvy out to know when you're ahead. You have, it's a responsibility. But most people are scared of that. Most people would just rather just say, hey, you know what? Let me go to a job. And I'm not knocking anybody with a job because I've had many jobs, right? But I had a different spirit inside of me while I was in that job. Me being in that job was like having a size 12 foot, right? Actually, my, and it is size 12, right? But trying to fit yourself into size 11 and a half shoes. You can probably do it, but it's going to be tight. You're not going to feel comfortable. So, you have those who will go out there and conquer the world on their own terms. And you have other people say, listen, I don't really bother with those fluctuations. I need something steady. And then you give yourself for pennies on the dollar 
I'm not knocking anybody who has a job, right? I've had jobs, but it's less risk in your mind. Like, just give me this steady. I know I can make more and hustle and push more. So these are the people who dupe you into worshiping them because they feel that you're bringing in something and these grandiose people feed off of that. And it will always increase, raise the bar and you believe in them oftentimes without any substance and usually after a while when they can't produce they have to either commit suicide or go off and hide somewhere flee the country or do whatever when the hustle's over when they realize the people understand that this was a mere cardboard cutout of a great person who was duping us for either their attention their funds their finances money or i mean just attention Sometimes it's driven by women. A man who wants to have lots of women is going to try to appear larger than life and actually lie to himself so much that eventually he believes it. You see, and and, and it's kind of true. If you really admit it, it's like a married man who's out there playing knows that if he wears his ring, he's going to get more attention low key. It may not be outward. But you have a bunch of women who, I I want a man. Do you know any single guys, whatever? And this married man with this big ring talks to them a certain way and ends up having an affair with that woman. And she knows he's married. It's like, and this is not a man-woman thing. This is not a relationship thing. I'm just using this as an example. Bottom line is that we all like something already in progress. If somebody doesn't want it, it seems like we don't want it. If you see two restaurants and one it's told to you to be the best restaurant for that certain particular type of food. And there's another one who you don't know. You don't know that restaurant, right? But you see a line around the corner, down the block into the next block around the next corner of people waiting to go into that restaurant. And you're like, wait a second, that empty restaurant was recommended to me, but I'm seeing this one here that has high demand. I don't know. Those people can't be wrong. I'm going over there. And it might be mediocre to your taste because those may be on a culinary level, low vibrational people, right? And what you were suggested there may be a little more expensive, but worth it. But you missed out because you followed behind everybody else. And we have too many followers out here who are gullible, who don't do their research, who don't believe in themselves and knowing themselves. And so they let these grandiose people come into their life and take over and have them doing all kinds of things that they wouldn't usually be doing. Until they get hip to say, this dude's a nutcase. This woman's a nutcase. I've been following behind them with what they want. And now they're clamping down with demands on my life, cramping me. Who do you think you are? But it depends on the person who is that follower or who is easily influenced to wake up. It depends on how long they ride with the game of that grandiose person, right? Who will take over your life and all of your resources. And I mean... To the point where you go to them, how how should I wipe myself when I go into the bathroom? You've been doing this for years. And now you're breaking down because this grandiose person, this narcissist, this self-centered person, you've allowed them in your life. And they will have no problems taking your resources and telling you what to do, how to dress, how to eat. You have these people who try to control how you eat, how you live, your sense of being an individual. Well, hell, me personally, yes, I've relaxed my diet a whole lot. It's plant-based, but if I want to have something on a regular basis that may not be that, I've earned it. It's clean. How to prepare it. 
I'm going to eat it. I enjoy my life. I'm going to tell you right now, on a side note, I've had many grandiose people around me that I've even supported and didn't realize how they were. And now I can say that I really, really have found the happiness that I've always I can't say crave because I'm always a happy kind of person. I've always had issues and challenges in the personal life. Like we all do things that we have to surmount things that we have to deal with that make us sometimes feel down, but that's life. Don't come here unless you want to face those things. Right. But the bottom line is that for me right now, and I'll say this publicly, I don't care if people get mad at it or whatever have you, but I'm the happiest that I've ever been on a consistent level. Right. I want to tell you something too. I'm not going to tell too much about business. When I was growing up, the little house that we had in Richmond Hill, Queens, 134th Street between 105th and 107th Avenue, that house was the world to me. My imagination was cultivated there. I was allowed my own space. My parents were respectful of my space. They cultivated me to respect the space of others. You know, I love big families and I love hanging around big families, but I love the fact that I had my own space. I didn't have to really share, but I'm a sharing, giving person, but I can just <sighs> relax and let my head down. And that's where my imagination began to flow. The creativity began to flow. And I knew I had something special inside of me, right? And I wasn't just a cookie cutter kid where, okay, here's the food for everybody. And the parent is not, or parents are not cultivating the sense of individuality inside is very important. It gives you a jump start in life, especially with your confidence as you go into your teen years, as you go into your young adult years. Some people get to their 30s or 40s and don't really have a sense of themselves and confidence in themselves because they're fighting the demons of insecurity that were placed in them from, from young. Now, extreme situations where you were violated or whatever, that's legit. That's a legit thing that you have to heal from. I'm not knocking people like that, but I'm talking about the people who are raised in an environment and just never allowed to blossom, right? So in each case is different. But for me, I had a happy ache in my chest, an ache of happiness aching inside of me. Like, damn, I feel, and I realized it. I could read as much as I want. If I wanted to take a nap, I could go take a nap. If I wanted to go in the refrigerator and get something to eat, it was no question. I had chores that I had to do and responsibilities I had to fulfill. And I was self-motivated. I was always self-motivated and I got them done. Then I got into bodybuilding, did my gym time and really changed my physique around. The discipline I had from young that I saw my parents have just automatically was a baton that was passed. So those traits were there that I always utilized that when I want to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be stopped, Right. So it's a beautiful thing, but um, there are many people who don't have that. And I've always run into issues with people who really had a problem with my true confidence. So now in the present day, I have the time that's left for me by the creator. And I have that happy ache in my heart. I've gotten rid of a lot of toxic people who are weighing me down, pulling me away, trying to influence me for their purpose, for their destiny, but to hell with mine. I'm free to create and do what I do. And if most of you know, I'm on another level now. You all know what that is. You don't, I ain't going to say, but now this is the base from which I operate. It's like a boxer who has an orthodox stance and his everything pivots off the right foot. All the power comes up from the ground to the hip, to the punches, and I'm set well. And I love it. And I'm going to give all of that energy to those who need it or who would 
like to get a sample of it. This is what I'm doing 24-7, as well as other things. But I'm enjoying life right now, and it's a balance. And I have an enthusiasm that most people probably don't have. You know, there have been times in my life when I may have been a little more down, but I wasn't like talking about putting a gun in my head or whatever have you. And and for those who do, please understand that life is long. And when you go down, but so far, you you have no choice but to go up. You understand? So if you ever feel down, you ever feel like you want to take your life, please call me 407-590-0755. Let me know and I'll, we'll talk. And there's no charge for that because a life is precious. And if I can help to save you and get you back on track, right, then that's something that goes out there that I did. There's residual, uh, uh, not income, but residual positive energy for you planting the seeds of greatness or letting them know what's in them so they can go on it's a spiritual unseen thing when you do good and you put good out into the universe you will never fail even when it looks like a failure is on your doorstep it never happens that way you're here for a purpose don't let these entities get you down and suck your life force because this is really what they do but look at social media today we're infested with these people with this fake sense of uh, uh, grandiosity. I mean, there are people that I see online grossly out of shape, but you can't tell them they're not the epitome of being fit. Some, to be honest, have no talent at all, but you can't tell them, tell the world that they're not the next biggest, greatest singer. You know what I mean? Like, we got to learn how to deal with what we have. And I'm not saying think in a limited way but think in a realistic way when you think in a realistic way it kind of quells that urge to want to be or have that grandiose mentality because that's poison it's out of control i mean how are you going to take a go-kart to a nascar race and think you're going to win you're you're not even trained for this be realistic and whatever talents you do have and abilities that you do have, work within those things until they become great. And then you can take the confidence that came from that, that cultivation to move on to something else. Look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. He came here, didn't know English and came here and did bricklaying, but he wanted to be one of the greatest bodybuilders. And at that time, it was no money in bodybuilding, right? Him and Franco Colombo. But he came here and did what he had to do for years learn the English language with the help of Joe Weider, you know, and winning the Olympia titles. And he, he parlayed that into uh, movie roles because when they did pump an eye in the movie, when he won the Olympia, I think in South Africa, in 1975, that was his last one until he came back in 1980. Bottom line is that cameras were on him. and He decided to shine. See, he didn't have an American accent, right? But he turned that into something positive. That's that strange, different charisma. He was cool. He he said cool things. He did he did little grimy things to entertain, but he knew how to rise to the occasion. He took what he already had and used it. Maybe he is a, a person who suffers from grandiosity. Maybe I don't know. I don't know him personally, but we can't mistake true confidence for that and putting in the work, right? And I heard he had little beefs with people like Sylvester Stallone, and he did little things and said little things. So that's going to happen because men are going to have pissing contests for sure. But the bottom line, for every Arnold Schwarzenegger, how many of us have have emulated that? Not that we have to emulate him, because there are other people out there who are great examples of that. 
Cultivate what you have in your area of expertise until you're well known with it and you're well at ease with it until you have that great confidence and you can turn it over into something else. Grandiosity doesn't work that way. Grandiosity is illusion. Grandiosity may have something to do good, but they want to do or be seen as more without putting the work in. You know what I mean? And you will have weak people who will follow these people, but they will never produce anything. They'll never produce anything except talk. They're big talkers, but they'll never produce anything from the result of hard work. And this is why social media is dangerous because there's some people out here who really, they may have followings, but really if social media wasn't there, they would live a nondescript mediocre life. Isn't that something? But they will formulate the exoskeleton. They will formulate the gorilla suit. They'll formulate the exterior to be so powerful and they'll manipulate and they will they will even amplify their accomplishments that can't be proven. This is why me on social media, any little thing I've done, I'm going to show and prove. If I told you that I was a bodybuilder and won a national title, I'm going to show you the photos. I'm going to show you the websites that have it in there written in stone. If I tell you I'm an artist, I'm going to show you my artwork, not just two or three little scribblings, but dozens and dozens of pictures over time. If I tell you I'm a blogger and I write, I'm going to show you the articles that I've done, hundreds of articles on landscurve.com. And with the videos, this was, I didn't even think about, the videos weren't even around when I started. And I've always been one to talk. I, 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 that's what I do. You know what I mean? But amongst my friends, this has given me an amplified reach. But I don't take it for granted. And I'm not coming out here like somebody who's a fraudulent entity and I have something to hide. I am who I am. I got razor bumps like the next man. I'm missing a few teeth that I have to go and see the dentist and fix up. Those things are obvious, but it doesn't affect my confidence. I don't have to amplify anything. Show and prove. That's what it is online. And so some of us are entertaining and get lots of numbers and hits. And then we begin to feel, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm nah. things can, can be amplified and things can be subdued on social media. My confidence did not come from social media. My visage and my look and who I am and, and the knowledge that I have in myself did not come from social media. Because that could be paper thin. You don't even know what you're looking at sometimes. I mean, with artificial intelligence. Just the other day, had a photo, a couple of photos put up that were created by artificial intelligence. And it was an a, a image of a black woman. It looked real. Artificial intelligence came up with what it thought. It didn't say the black woman, but I guess that was information fed in. It came in. She was beautiful. This woman was dropped there gorgeous. I couldn't find any flaws with her. And, and I can see how people would get emotionally invested in something that's not real the same way they get emotionally invested in a, a person suffering from the spirit of grandiosity and narcissism it's not real they'll project something out there and you get into it and it's like wow this person's great oh and you start falling in love with the person just like some men will probably um Look at those racy photos of that woman that AI created and, and manipulate themselves to the pinnacle of orgasm, to something that doesn't exist. So a lot of what you see on social media doesn't exist. It's, 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 a, it's a social media out of control pandemic of egos out of control. 
people who are suffering from the disease of grandiosity who know that if I keep on doing this, I'll get more and more followers and people will let me in on their lives. They'll give me their resources. I can hustle them, but I might be a scared little insecure boy in a grown man's suit. I might be a, a frightened woman who has issues with the world. So I'm going to get back by constructing this very sexy, intelligent uh, persona and telling people what to do. And I know there's enough weak people out there like me, where they're going to follow me because I had the balls to get up there and present this imagery. Like I tell you, I don't, I don't believe my press clippings. Y'all, you all give me very wonderful comments and I'm, I'm very humbled by it, but I'm not like going to let it get to my head. I'm a man just like any other man and I put my uh, uh, pants on one leg at a time. Now when I was a kid I almost busted my leg. I was up on the bed right and I held the pants up and I jumped up in the air. I was standing a little bit. I jumped up in the air and tried to put both <laughs> one got in partially and the other one got to the ankle and I busted my knee so hard and reality set in. We got to understand that while we can be acknowledged for the seeds of greatness that we manifest within ourselves. We also have to understand that there have been greater speakers than us thousands of years ago. There'll be greater speakers that come after us. We're just here for this time to serve our purpose. There'll be people who are artists who they will do illustrations greater than what we have done. Now we're unique now, not putting ourselves down because we can have greatness inside of us. As great as Muhammad Ali was, he lost. As great as Mike Tyson was, he lost. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's a balance. We're human. And it's humbling for those who have that disease of grandiosity. It's very painful. So usually they want to run and hide when reality hits them that you ain't all that. And they will throw off on others and say that you ain't all that. Because they want you to feel like they do deep inside so that you get sucked into that imagery that they have. I've had people pissed off they don't like what it is that i do because they know they can't keep up I, sometimes i coast a little bit and i got other things to do but these next few months and years we going in what else am i gonna do i got other things that i do but it's balance and i set myself up for this i did so much content when i was working two jobs driving the bus and working an extra gig with me, me and mr skirt together in the, in the wee hours and still put out so what you think that the garbage is out of my life. The toxic people are out of my life and I can just have fun doing what it is that I do. That's all. I'm not looking for anything. I just do this after heart here. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you're having a cookout, right? And there's a little kid with his mama walking by. You kind of know their face, but little kids looking all hungry, maybe. And you're like, hey, listen, come on in. Come on and grab a plate. Sit down, listen to the music. How you been? I see your face all the time, but I never got to meet you. My name is Lance. Enjoy the food. What's your name, little boy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, we got some potato chips over there. We got some cake over there too, but ask your mama. You may want to eat the real food first. That's how you do. But so many of us are walking up with the pumped up illusion in our head because of who we are on social media, the imagery that we created. See, I've always been zany like the way I am. I've always been hyped and have the energy that, that, that I do. I got friends that I've known for damn near 50 years and some of them over 50 years that know who I am, who can come on right now and tell you stories about me back in the day, long before there was social media. I wasn't seeking this thing out. It sucked me in. 
I'm creating and doing interviews and people like it. They're like, you should do your own show, do your own YouTube channel. And that's what I do. There are some who get more hits. I'm not going to just always blame shadow banning on the fact that I don't have as much as other people. We know the deal how social media works when you speak the truth, but I'm not going to harp on that because I'm still going to speak my truth. Whether more people hear it or not, I love to do this. This is not me looking sideways at somebody else. Oh, I got to get more than them. Oh, the platform is going to die. And you know, I would you, 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 and I've had people, they say my platform is going to die, but they take my name and associate it in Google so they can get more hits. Not knowing that when you search me, you're looking for me. <laughs> they'll pay people. They'll do all kinds of things on some grown men and women. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know the deal. Like, listen, I've been in this game a long time. So I really don't really dig people like that because many times we've had these grandiose people, these grandiose people come to me and they wanted like an interview or they, and they come humble and then they turn into a monster. They run with it and start to rip people off at their selling products. Listen, I had somebody who I actually took equipment to another city in Florida and sat down with them and set up my equipment and promoted them, let them talk and say, hey, everybody, I, listen, I don't do that no more unless I know you. I got to know you. I don't do that anymore. Because they'll be humble and suck up everything you, you teach them and use it to come back and knock you. Really? And you introduce people to them and they turn around and rip the people off that you introduce to them. So I'm not putting my stamp of approval, not that I'm some authority, but the few people who, who vibe with me over the years, they know I'm not going to do that no more. I'm not going to not know a person and put their face out there or even have someone who doesn't put their face out there. You got to put your face out there. And I got to be, I got to vet you because we got a lot of creepy ghouls out here who want to operate under the surface and get the props, but they don't want to put the work in and they don't want to validate who they are. I'm not going to be a platform to push out false people looking for attention quick because see this is hard earned and this is not for attention this is how I am if I wasn't on social media like this I'd be on the phone talking to friends about the same issues because I've always been that way ask anybody who's known me all these 60 years on this world this is the way I am so I'm not some projection this is why I can just effortlessly Talk about something. Do you have to write out everything you talk about with a friend or somebody that you're having a conversation with? You might be on a bus stop somewhere and run into somebody who, a stranger who you strike up a conversation with and you have a really good conversation because the shoot shot from the hip is not constructed to win somebody over and influence them and take over their life force. No, man, we just kicking it right here. You go to the barbershop, you hear the fellas talking, you know, you go to the beauty parlor sisters, you know, beauty salon or whatever, and you hear the sisters talking and you sit there for a while. You introduce you. Hey, girl, how you? Come on, sit down. You know, we talk about, did you hear about so-and-so? And you get in the conversation and you flow naturally. That's how it must be done. But this anal retentive, I'm talking this way. And they can only talk about certain few things. Talk about your life. Talk about your past. Show me your personal life right now. Give us a whole 360 degree snapshot of your life before we even think about believing in you. But we're one-sided, one-dimensional, putting up projections with this grandiose imagery and you're behind the cardboard cutout imagery of who you want to be laughing how you're fooling these people. Isn't that something? 
they basically laughing like, wow, this is working. These people believe this image of me, not knowing how jacked up you really are. And that's something. So I'm just telling y'all, be very careful. This Jim Jones stuff is alive and well. Jim Jones is alive and well in social media through these people who have that same spirit of grandiosity. And we got to check the insecurities that we have in our own lives. It's okay to have healthy insecurities. What I mean healthy insecurities? Because people say, I don't know. Yes, you do. I got them. You know what I mean? I got them. I got healthy insecurities on things I need. I, I know I need to work on. Nothing wrong with that. You know, after Thanksgiving, after Christmas, you done ate up so much food. And that's how they get us. All of a sudden, here come the health spa, the gyms, you know, where you go work out and they try to put the guilt in you. They increase their their advertisements toward the end or right before New Year's. So when you go back to work and you go back to your normal schedule and the holidays are over, the cloud of the holidays still hangs over into the beginning of the year. But now you're thinking different. Oh, my God, I put on some weight. Oh, man. Thanksgiving, I was eating. Christmas, I was eating. New Year's, I was drinking and eating. And somewhere in those months, you didn't celebrate somebody else's birthday or anniversary. So there's other things. It's not like it's void of that. It's not like anniversaries and birthdays are just all in the beginning of the year. You got some of those to go to. And when you have the festive spirit going on, it's easy to segue into, let me go over here and y'all are cooking. So now you feel a, a healthy sense of insecurity when you go to the shopping mall and you see the small little waistline on that gentleman or that lady and you're like all bloated, wearing black, trying to make yourself look small, wearing stuff loose, pooting and farting because the stuff is all up in you. Probably from three Thanksgivings ago, smelling dead. And you say, oh, look at that person over there. I gotta, I gotta get myself in shape. And the health spas and gyms and gym memberships, they're advertising, they get money out of you because of your insecurities. And usually you'll go for a few weeks or a month or two and it's back to business again when springtime comes. I ain't going to no gym. That's not everybody, right? But people know how to manipulate the insecurities in you, just like these grandiose people who suck from your energy because you're obviously insecure about something and you want somebody else to take the lead in your life. They're the savior. They're the ones who can direct your life. I had someone uh, tell me in one of my former inner circles that when I moved to Ghana, in my house, I could not have internet. <laughs> and I played with them, right? They felt they had so much power over, over my life. Like, why can't I have internet? Well, the government... They will, they will, they will see where you are and they will find you. And I'm like, listen, my face is all over social media. I can't hide from that. These social media platforms have location access and GPS like things going on with them. I can't hide my face in another country. They're going to see my bald head. They're going to hear my accent. They're going to see my complexion, which there are other people who have my complexion, but you know, it may be less. Right. The way I walk, the way I talk. Oh, that's that a Bruni. That's that American. So why would you tell me this? And I had to sit down and think about it. Oh, because you don't want me to continue what it is that I'm doing. Oh, you're insecure about that. Why? And then I was it was suggested that, well, you need to rent another place down far away in the city. And when you want to do something, go. Could you imagine that? Me hopping on a van for an hour or 45 minutes to go down into the city and what a Look, sometimes when I'm home, I get up to pee. Too much information, right? 
And an idea hits me or I check a text message and I'm like, I need to talk about that. I don't even go back to bed. And I flow that way. And this person knew that. And they told, no, because you don't want to see me flow that way. Because you can. All day, every day. Off the cuff, off the rip, from the heart, from the hip. You see what I mean? So you have people who would try to come in to your life and control you on something that you're very good at because it threatens them. Because they want to do it. And they can do it. But, but you do it in your unique way and you do it in your unique way. I can't help it if I have stamina in this thing and rapid, rapid fire uh, 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 ways of directing my thoughts. And I've had a lot of experiences. So I have a huge palette from which to paint my experiences and my stories with. But people will resent you for that, especially when they suffer from the disease of grandiosity and have nothing really backing up their nondescript life. And they can't, like I said, they cannot show their private life. Listen, y'all know who Mr. Skurve is? You know what I mean? It ain't nobody else. Or, you know what I mean? No mysterious disappearances or, or who's that? You know what I mean? I got to lie and whatever. Uh-uh, no way. I'm transparent. Y'all know my past. I'm not really proud of my past with all of the women, but there's reasons for that. And I've been very open about that. When we did the show last night on the German daycares and pedophiles and how people touch little people and print them with different things that happened to me at five years old from a woman a cousin messed me up had me doing all kind of weird stuff when i was got older but within the whole heterosexual thing right but that was advanced and twisted so we have so many impressionable people that would be the wind under the wings of those who suffer from the disease of grandiosity the out-of-control social media pandemic. And we just don't understand. We can't get a grip on it until it's too late. But in that situation, I humored the person. I said, you know, you're right. You're right. I take advice from you because you are the leader. You're the one who's leading and you have the foresight to know what's best for us. <laughs> when I got out here, I got my internet immediately. <laughs> get all I want. Right? So that's part of my plan because you have to understand that in life, like a restaurant, when you go in that restaurant, do you ask the person behind you, excuse me, stranger, um, could could you tell me what it is that I should order? You don't go into the shopping mall and look for clothing. Um, excuse me, um, old lady, can you come into the store with me and tell me what I should buy? You make your choices. If there's anybody around you that wants to rule over you to stop you from being an individual and stop you from making your own choices, they might suffer from the, from the disease of grandiosity, narcissism, being a sociopath, all that stuff. You don't need that. That's why I put that picture of Hitler up here. Not because I'm honoring him or saying he's great. You don't know. But this is this thing going out of control and we didn't even have social media back then. That's why I said, let's rejoice that we didn't have social media in Hitler's time. There are many other examples I could have used, but that's something recent that goes beyond even in our black community that, that we're aware of that even that, you know what I mean? So it's crazy. It's crazy. So there's a lot of thoughts and other things I can say about this, but your task as a student of human nature is threefold. First, must understand the phenomenon of grandiosity itself why it is so embedded in human nature and why you will find many more grandiose people in the world today than ever before second 
You need to recognize the signs of grandiosity and know how to manage the people who display them. And third, and most important, you must see the signs of the disease in yourself and learn not only how to control your grandiose tendencies, but also how to channel this energy into something productive. It doesn't mean it's something bad. It's bad when it gets out of control. So you have to turn it around and use that extra bit to burn it up to do something positive, right? Because a lot of us can just get out of control and it's like a car in the mud with the tires spinning. And if you're sitting in the car and think, well, I'm going, I'm going about 50 miles an hour right now, but you're not moving nowhere. Something's wrong. You just slow it down and figure out how to get those tires with some contact, put something under there, some chains, maybe a brick behind the tires to get you out that mud hole in that rut. Because so many of us on social media are spinning at the wheels and getting nowhere and wasting precious time. I know time is artificial on the other levels of existence after we transition, but time is a real thing here. And we have to understand to be timeless in a place where the world honors time. To disengage from how the world sees us or how we see ourselves as we present ourselves in an authentic way or in the false way of grandiosity. It's only then that you can truly live. But if you're running this thing down in a rat race, what, what's the reward at the end of the day? Well, he died with 2 million subscribers. So what? What about those moments with your family, your loved ones, really relating to them, having real relationships? Many of us in this out of control social media pandemic have gotten rid of good relationships. And then sometimes you get rid of the ones that are bad and you feel good. I feel good. <laughs> or, or you realize how wonderful the world can be because you've constructed your world and you've put up the boundaries not certain, let certain things permeate and you're like Louis Armstrong and I say to myself what a wonderful world <laughs> and, you, and you're perpetually happy which you sometimes feel physically down or whatever. we understand that's life Yesterday, I had to run out and do something, and I, my stomach wasn't feeling too good. I was running faster than Usain Bolt, if you know what I meant. So I took a chance, went outside, felt a little better, and all of a sudden, I felt that inevitable big drop of rain hit me in the nose. I was like, oh, it's going to be a bad storm, and it was really one of the worst storms in recent memory. But I got away. I got in the van, got down into a crowd, took care of business, and had to come back. And then coming back, I see the the storm looming over coming down into a crowd. I was like, oh no. So I took the van going into it and I said, I'm going to have to transfer and wait around. I said, no way. So I stopped right there, went to one of my favorite restaurants, talked to the people up there. We laughed, we talked, to, told a few jokes. And when the rain stopped, I came on. So you have to think, you have to think every day. You have to think every moment because you are here where you are in this life, whether it's something that you fancy and you feel good about, or some kind of rut that you feel bad about. Bottom line is, these are the results of the decisions that we make. And we have these people here who want to suck from our life force and guide our lives because they want to feel powerful, powerful. And, and you're some little minion. You're some, and we give in to this sometimes because with our sense of low self-esteem, we say, oh man, they must be great. Look how they're talking. They got the balls to talk this way, but you don't check out what they really do. What are you doing? 
Are you at real peace with yourself? Or you got problems with everybody? Are you at real peace with yourself? And you, you know, can you maintain friendships? Many of these type of grandiose people, when you start to question them or righteously correct them, then guess what? They snap at you. You feel their anger. They're mad at you for just questioning them. You see what I mean? And that's not good. It's not balanced. I can tell you about maybe eight to 10 people that I've known since the mid 70s, right? Early 70s. And I'll mention the name. Angelo, I've known him since 1969. He's four years older than me. I was six years old when I met him, right? When he moved into the neighborhood and he was 10. His birthday is April 10th, mine is April 8th. So of course we always wish each other every year a happy birthday thing going on. I'm gonna bring him on the show. I have other friends of mine who they're not too public. They may not wanna say their name. They may not even wanna talk, but I'm so blessed that I have so many real friends that I can count on more than one hand that I've known for up to five decades. And there are people who I've recently connected with that are so deep and we've discussed some deep topics. And you see, it doesn't matter about time because you can have friends that you know for a long time and they, they have a dagger in their back for you, right? But even some of those that I've met within a year and connected with, and a lot of that I've gotten rid of because they're rotten. Yeah, they're rotten. You get a, you get rid of the rotten fruit. You get rid of the rotten potatoes because it'll mess up the whole bag of potatoes. And you hone and craft your life according to what you want to have as far as the feel when you wake up every morning. I said, okay, where am I feeling pressure? Why am I being pressured to do these things as long as I'm doing and I don't want to do it that long? Why is it that everybody's getting over what I do more so? to me i got to push me i got to promote me this is what it's all about not for any narcissistic reason but you have a brand and you have something you have to do and i'm rested i do what i want to do when i want to do it and i'm happy and i'm where i want to be the changes i've been through the challenges of leaving the country and coming to a new place hey as much as has been thrown at me it was relatively easy you know, and people are like, damn, we didn't know it's going to be that way. I'm still doing what I'm doing. Ain't miss a beat. And these nondescript, mediocre people who they have the disease of grandiosity, but deep down they're insecure. They must be suffering. They must be suffering. Like, damn, why can't I be like him? And I'm not saying I'm all that great, but I know this is my lane. And when you know you have a lane in this life, you better go down that lane cultivated to make it great it could be something the world acknowledges or not it could be where you toil in anonymity for 10 20 30 years doing what you do i remember in florida let me try to get it right i read a lot a lot of information comes to me but there was an old man in in the country part of florida i think it was like above orlando but below the panhandle toward the west side somewhere out in the country out in the bush and he took old metal and he knew welding and he sculptured these these metal pieces in a way that was so phenomenal and he's been doing this for so long and he had a whole it wasn't just a yard he had acreage he had these fabulous pieces and somebody I guess they were driving down a road somewhere and went to use the restroom or peeked in and saw something and said what is this 
and met him. And he was so proud to show them around. And this guy was associated with the media somehow. It's like, listen, what you're doing here is great. Can we do an interview with you? And the guy was an older guy, hardly had any teeth in his mouth. His wife died. He was up there for a long time. He had children that came around every now and then, but he just liked to be by himself and do his sculpturing with his metal. He wasn't looking for anything. He wasn't looking to stand up in front of crowds and be the one to tell you the truth about the world. We have enough of that out here. We, we're not, we can go get our own information and see things for ourselves. But he was humble. But he was confident what he did. And so I remember one of the uh, Sunday papers, but it was on online, you know, like we have most of our papers online. We still have newspaper, but, you know, online is where it's at. And he spoke about how he was born and, you know, he was raised on a farm and poor and had to work, you know, the racism, this, that, whatever. He had children, one miscarried. And I think that was his third wife that just died and they all died. It wasn't like he broke up because he was a rotten person. He just had that unfortunate situation and he just said, I just want to do this. This is what I want to do. I want to thank God for waking me up every day. And I just want to apply my craft. It may be weird to other people. It may not be something that gets a lot of attention. He, was, he wasn't even looking for attention. And so there was a museum that contacted him, I believe. And wanted to display his pieces. And then on a worldwide level, he got the notoriety from different museums and different whatever. And then he began to taught his te teacher's technique. <laughs> it blew up for him. And, and just like a child that's in the womb, right? You don't see that child for a long time. Even the moment that child is conceived, sometimes the mother doesn't even know she's pregnant walking around for a few days until she feels a little funny and her friend doesn't come around every month anymore. And you go take the test or whatever and you realize that you're pregnant, but it doesn't happen right away. So when you're building a platform, when, when, when you're building the characteristics within yourself of integrity, you know, those things, those intangibles that stand the te test of time. When your time does come, if you are to be acknowledged, you're on a rock solid, sure steady standing. And so now ego can't take over because your integrity keeps it in place. You can be very confident. Of course, when you're a craftsman, meaning men and women also, right? When you're good at what you do, you move in confidence. And lots of times that person who suffers from the disease of grandiosity doesn't like the confidence that you have. Because half the time we're shuffling around and we're insecure on how we're going to make a movie. We never make it happen. I've been telling everybody that I, I want to write books, but I've been so busy with so many other things. And you know that. But now I have the time to write up the chapters and get into each chapter and maybe take two weeks on each chapter and look over the greenery of the mountainside the breeze hits me under the sun get a little tea to sip go take a nap get up and work on that chapter maybe i'll take take time and work on it for a week you know we have things where we don't even need anybody to do our editing we got grammarly we can put that bad boy in there and it tells all the mistakes that you make and corrects them right so what do you have to worry about you know these days there's so much technology that will help us that nobody can stop us if we have the desire, but you must have the desire, but you don't let these people get into your life. 
You see what I mean? Get into your life and mess you up. And I'm going to talk more about this stuff. You know, because, you know, back in the day, in the past, we were able to channel our grandiose needs into religion. You know, in ancient times, our sense of smallness was not just something bred into us by the many years we spent dependent on our parents. It also came for our weakness in relation to the hostile powers in nature. Gods and spirits represented those elemental powers of nature that dwarfed our own. By worshiping them, we could gain their protection, connected to something much larger than ourselves. We felt enlarged. After all, the gods or God cared about the fate of our tribe or city. They cared about our individual soul, a sign of our own significance. We did not merely die and disappear, right? Many centuries later, in a similar manner, we channeled this energy into worshiping leaders who represented a great cause and promoted future utopia. Today in the Western world, religions and great causes have lost their binding power. We find it hard to believe in them and to satisfy our grandiose energy through identification with a greater power. The need to feel larger and significant, however, does not simply disappear. It is stronger than ever. And absent any other channels, people will tend to direct this energy toward themselves. They will find a way to expand their sense of self, to feel great and superior. Although rarely conscious of this, what they are choosing to idolize and worship is the self. Because of this, we find more and more grandiose individuals amongst us. Other factors have also contributed to increases in grandiosity. First, we find more people who experience pampering attention in their childhood than ever in the past. Feeling like they were once the center of the universe becomes a hard thing to shake. They come to believe that anything they do or produce should be seen as precious and worthy of attention. Second, we find increasing numbers of people who have little or no respect for authority or experts of any kind, no matter the expert's level of training and experience, which they themselves lack. Why should their opinion be any more valid than my own? <laughs> they might tell themselves this, right? Nobody's really that great. People with power are just more privileged. My writing and my music and my craft are just as legitimate and worthy as anyone else's. Without a sense of anyone rightly being above them and deserving authority, they can position themselves amongst the highest. Ain't that something? Like the song from the Ghetto Boys. My mind, my mind's playing tricks on me. Their minds are playing tricks on them. <laughs> Third, technology gives us the impression that everything in life can be as fast and simple as the information we can glean online. That social media demon, y'all. It instills the belief that we no longer have to spend years learning a skill. Instead, through a few tricks and with a few hours a week of practice, we can become proficient at anything. On a similar level, people believe that their skills can easily be transferred. My ability to write means I can also direct a film. But more than anything, it is social media that spreads the grandiosity virus. 
through social media, we have almost we, we have almost become limitless in our powers to expand our presence. Of course, to create the illusion that we have the attention and even adoration of thousands or millions of people. We can possess the fame and ubiquity of the kings and queens of the past or even of the gods themselves. With all of these elements combined, it is harder than ever for any of us to maintain a realistic attitude and a proportionate sense of self. You got to stay grounded, people. You got to stay grounded. And then we can Photoshop the pimples off our face. We can, we can, we can be chubby and slim down our face. We can appear to be anything we want and put it out there to the world and people will suck it down. That's crazy. It's, it's, and looking at the people around you, you must realize that the grandiosity and yours can come in many different forms. Most commonly, people will try to satisfy the need by gaining social prestige. People may claim that they are interested in the work itself or in the contributing to humanity, but often deep down, what is really motivating them is the desire to have attention, to have their high self-opinion confirmed by others who admire them, to feel powerful and influential. If they are talented, such types can get the attention they need for several years or longer. But inevitably, their need for accolades will lure them into overreaching. If people are disappointed in their careers yet still believe they are great and unrecognized, they may turn to various compensations, drugs, alcohol, sex with as many partners as possible, shopping, a superior mocking attitude etc etc those with unsatisfied grandiosity will often become filled with manic energy one moment telling everyone about the great screenplays they will write or the many women they will seduce and the next moment falling into depression as reality intrudes isn't that something reality will intrude and tap you on the shoulder and say hey buddy it ain't like that People still tend to idolize leaders and worship them. And you must see this as a form of grandiosity. By believing someone else will make everything great, followers can feel something of greatness. It's like when you're standing near a stove and it's cold in the room, you get near it and you feel warm. Their minds can soar along with the rhetoric of the leader. They can feel superior to those who are not believers. On a more personal level, people will often idolize those they love, elevating them to God or goddess status and by extension feeling some of the of this power reflected back to them. In the world today, you will also notice the prevalence of negative forms of grandiosity. Many people feel the need to disguise their grandiose or urges not only from others, but from themselves. They lie to themselves. They'll tell you, no, I'm into this because... It's the right thing to, thing to do. And, and, and no, I don't want the attention, but they despise somebody who does. They will frequent, frequently make a show of their humility. They are not interested in power or feeling important, or so they say. They are happy with a small lot in life. They do not want a lot of possessions, do not own a car, and disdain status. They say these things, right? But you'll notice they have a need to display this humility in a public manner. It is grandiose humility, their way to get attention and feel morally superior. 
a, a variation on this is the grandiose victim. They have suffered a lot and been the victim numerous times. Although they may like to frame it as being simply unlucky and unfortunate, you will notice that they often have a tendency to fall for the worst types in intimate relationships or put themselves in circumstances in which they are certain to fail and suffer. In essence, they are compelled to create the drama that will turn them into victims. As it turns out, any relationship with them will have to revolve around their needs. They have suffered so much in the past to attend your needs, right? So they've been a victim all their life. So they are justified in making you the focus, making you the focus on serving them. You see what I mean? They have suffered so much in the past and have to attend to you to attend to your needs. They are the center of the universe, feeling and expressing their misfortune gives them their sense of importance of being superior in suffering. That is deep. So a lot of these people who are always acting as though they are suffering for some reason. I know some people out here in Ghana, they probably got 18 grandmamas because every other week, oh, my grandmama died. Could you loan me some money? They're sucking your life force using the victim role. They're very shrewd in what they do. You can't train these people to come around you and they'll flip it on you because deep down they feel superior to you, but they're playing you. You can measure the levels of grandiosity in people in several simple ways. For instance, notice how people respond to criticism of them or their work. It's normal for any of us to feel defensive and a bit upset when criticized. But some people become enraged and hysterical because we have called into doubt their sense of greatness. You can be sure that such a person has high levels of grandiosity. On a similar level, such types might conceal their rage behind a martyred, pained expression meant to make you feel guilty. The emphasis is not on the criticism itself and what they need to learn, but on their sense of grievance. If people are successful, notice how they act in more private moments. Are they able to relax and laugh at themselves? Letting go of their public mask? Or have they so over-identified with their powerful public image that it carries over into their private life? In the latter case, they have come to believe in their own myth and are in the grip of powerful grandiosity. Grandiose people are generally big talkers and they love the stage. They take credit for anything that is even conducive to their work around them. Somebody else might accomplish something, they're going to take credit for it or find a way to let you know that it's them who really brought it into full fruition. Right? They talk of their pre-science, how they foresaw certain trends or predicted certain events, none of which can be verified. All such talk should be make or should make you doubly dubious. If people in the public eye suddenly say something that gets them into trouble for being insensitive, you can ascribe that to their potent grandiosity. They are so attuned to their own great opinions that they assume everyone else will interpret them in the right spirit and agree with them. Higher grandiose types generally display low levels of empathy, if any at all. They're not good listeners. When the attention is not on them, they'll purposely have a faraway look in their eyes 
and their fingers twitch with impatience to let you know you're not important. And only when the spotlight is on them do they become animated. They tend to see people as extensions of themselves, tools to be used in their schemes and sources of attention. And when you, you don't bow down to keep promoting them and pushing them, you become the enemy. Finally, they exhibit nonverbal behavior that can only be described as grandiose. Their gestures are big and dramatic. The statements are so omnipotent. We're going to change this. We're going to overthrow the government. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And don't do a damn thing. At a meeting, they take up lots of personal space. Their voice tends to be louder than others, and they speak at a fast pace, giving no one else time to interrupt. You see what I mean? It's crazy. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this down. We're going to get back into this. I just want to touch on this for a little while. I'm going to grab a little uh, shower, get myself clean, maybe go out in the yard and do some other videotaping for the membership channel. Always got to look out for them on Patreon. Got a few things we'll talk about out there. And the rest of the day, chill out. Some point, take a nap. Get up, you know, living that hermit retirement life. I love it. I love it. I love it. No more BS. Protect your boundaries. Filter through vet people. Don't let people into your personal space unless you really, really know them. Those handful of great friends that I consider brothers and sisters, all of my resources, whatever it may be, large and small, is for them because they've stuck with me for my whole entire life they've known my parents if they didn't it's because they came around later on it's okay because they feel them the same way and i love the people who have been with me that let me tell you something it's so funny because you know in this life you have these people who they feel they're so important in your life and they if they isolate you right that that you're but it's a joy to being an outcast from dysfunctional groups of people. You see, I've always been one to do my work and I, I enjoy the long hours of research and artwork or writing or editing. I just get so completely caught up into that and I just don't have a need to be a follower to anybody. So when you see these groups of people who see that you're into yourself in a good way, in a healthy way, producing something, and you don't rip away from what you're doing to give your life force to them, they will group up on you and be like, yo, we ain't gonna call him to go here. We ain't gonna, uh, like you hurting me. You giving me more time to manifest the seeds of greatness inside of me. How dare you with your disease of grandiosity thinking that I need to throw down my life and my trajectory for you. I ain't Tina Turner, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Tina Turner, she left Ike Turner with nothing except her name, but that's all she needed. Now, we found out later on that Ike Turner may not have been as bad as he was portrayed. We'll leave that up to question, right? But the bottom line is that let no one dictate the, the trajectory and your destiny. Because if they take you off of that divine road that's predestined for you, where you can still make your own choices, but you're going to end up great anyway, or end up accomplishing something great, then even if the world doesn't know your name, you would have contributed to humanity. When you let these people come into your life, they see the light in you. They don't like the light in you because they lack the light. They want to snuff your light. They want to, even if they let your light shine, they don't have the choice. I'm going to let you shine. No, but in their mind, if I let them shine, I'm going to let them shine and take credit for all that he did. Uh-uh. 
uh-uh, you run your own show. You do your own thing. Do not succumb to these people who are paper thin in their substance because they're not real. Anyway, landscurve.com, make sure um, to always go there if you don't see the content because we touch on some things that maybe the powers in social media might not like. Want to keep things real, shoot from the hip, and do this on a daily basis, several times a day, because I can live that. I earn that right. And I give myself back to my people, back to the world. You know, you got to give back. So if I don't have a lot of money or millions of dollars, which I don't, maybe I will, I don't know. It's not important. But give back something of what you learn to make it easier for somebody else. And so in this walk in my life in human nature, I've learned so much. And I say, aha, I can give back. I can, I'm, I'm turned into a real Ghanaian. Aha. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Aha. <laughs> right? I'm hearing that a whole lot. I'm picking up on these things, right? But it's all good. It's all a beautiful thing. Much love to my Ghanaian sisters and brothers here. We do share the same blood. I know that. It's the lineage. And I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm like a cell phone on the charger. I'm home on the charger where I should be. That's why I feel so happy. You know, for me. For somebody else, it may be somewhere else. It doesn't matter. Find where you're centered and enjoy it and have that pleasant ache in your heart because you know that you're on point, you're on course, and what you're doing is destiny and you're blessed to do it. Anyway, much love to you all. Lance Gervout, on to the next one. Like, share, and subscribe and leave your comments. I want to hear from you, okay? Much love. Peace.